0: And as we honor our mothers, I'm so thankful for my mom and my grandmothers and my wife, who is the mother of our two children. I'm so thankful for the moms and the godly women in our church. We honor you today, and we're going to preach on that topic this weekend. Before we get into it, I want to address Rockbrook's status as things in our community begin to reopen. First, I just want you to know that we are so looking forward to gathering again. And we've been talking with the city of Belton and getting their guidelines and their suggestions, uh, but for right now, it you know, for us to gather without any kids ministry or without several of the dream teams uh, or only 30% of our occupancy, some different things like that that they're putting out there as guidelines, suggestions for right now, it really doesn't make sense for a Rockbrook gathering at this time. Uh, So as of today, uh, we're planning for the next three weeks at least of online gatherings and then we'll see from there and we'll make decisions from there. Uh, I want you to know that you won't miss the news when we come back. You'll hear it from me first uh, right here at the beginning of one of these weekend sermons. And then it will be on social media and the Rockbrook News email, and you won't miss it as we begin to phase in and make different decisions of what Rockbrook will look like in the coming months. I'm excited about this weekend sermon, though, and uh, this weekend, Mother's Day weekend. I like that our church has this culture of honor. It is certainly biblical. I had never really noticed this before. But the first proverb and the last proverb in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament are about honor. Of the 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs, the first nine of them are amazing. And what they're doing is they're making a case for wisdom, making a case for why it's so important, and then showing the different scenarios where it's needed. Then in chapter 10, uh, the Proverbs really begin. So let me show you the first verse of chapter 10. It says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. If you read the verses on relationships in the Proverbs, it says, the fool does this one thing, the fool despises, the fool has relationships they despise. What does that word mean? It means to be in contempt of or to scorn, to disdain. To consider worthless and what? an unworthy of honor. If you want one relationship principle that could really begin to transform your relationships and your life, it is this principle of honor. Then if you go to the end of the Proverbs, the last one, Proverbs 31, honors the wife of noble character and it says, honor her for all that her hands have done let her works bring her praise at the city gate. It's, what is it saying? It's saying brag on her in public. You know, we we really want to have this culture of honor that that presents in our church, but it's a quality that's leaving our country and leaving our lives. And I tell you, in the name of Jesus, we need to keep this quality of honor in our society. What does honor mean? It means to value something. It means it has worth. It means to put weight on that thing, to give it weight, that you put value on it. Then it would make sense if, write this down, dishonor means to take lightly. It means you don't take something, you don't put weight on that thing, you take it lightly. You didn't put the value on it that it deserves. So I want to teach you today, out of God's word, this principle of honor. And I'll tell you, this is difficult. Because you have people in your life who you don't feel they deserve honor because of how they've treated you. But that's not even where honor begins. Notice this with me. Honoring begins with not your claim on them, not how you see them. It begins with God's claim on them. Not with how you perceive them or even what's happened in the relationship, but what's God's claim on their life. Now, I want you to see this in your life first. So before we talk about honoring other people, let's make this about you for a second. Not just the other person, but let's talk about how God sees you. Because God can see every person in their complete depravity, which is where we all are, as the human race, but he can also see them in their perfect dignity at the same time. He can see everything you've done and at the same time, see who you are in Christ. He sees all the mistakes. He sees all the potential. Thank God he sees us that way. Friend, if you knew how much God really loves you, if you knew what God saw when he looked at you, if you knew his thoughts toward you, it would completely transform your life. And he's made us in his image, and he has has a claim on our life. And honoring begins with seeing other people the way that God sees them. Why does this matter? Well, because God created everyone. God sees everyone. He loves everyone. And Christ died for all. Christ died for everyone. And Acts 17 says, From one man, Adam, He created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. So God has made all the nations. He's determined who they are. It's saying it's determined where where they live. And one area we can lose sight of this in our culture is how we see diversity. Diversity matters to God. God loves Diversity. And where there is despising of diversity, where there is racial prejudice, it's wrong because it dishonors God. Racial prejudice questions God's creation. It was his idea to create the differences. And when I have r- racial prejudice, what I'm saying is, God, you made a mistake. And you should have made everyone to look like and be just like me. Can you hear the arrogance? You can. The arrogance in that point of view. We all came from the same source anyway. We came from Adam and Eve. And you did not choose when you would be born, the the color of your skin, who your parents are, your background, the culture, the nationality. I, I don't understand why people get prideful about where they're from. What, what nationality, the color of their skin or really anything else about them. You didn't have any choice in it. It doesn't say anything about your character. You just happened to be born to a certain family at a certain time. So what a foolish thing to be prideful about. What a foolish thing to look down on someone else about. And anytime I think less of God's creation, I'm forgetting who made me. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why be prideful about it as though it were not a gift? And you may secretly think that you're better than someone else. You're not. You're not. It's all a gift from God and we honor people because of who God made them to be. Here's another principle about honor that we learn in scripture is that honoring has benefits. It benefits me too. So honoring just isn't, it's not just for the person who's getting it. Honor isn't for the person on the receiving end as much as it is for the people on the giving end. It has more of an effect on us than it even does on them. And so the way you treat your mom, the way you treat your dad, your boss, your government leaders, your spouse, your family, to the degree that you honor them, determines how much you can receive from them. It was said of Jesus in Mark 6 that when he went back to his hometown, that he could not do any miracles there because people saw him as, not as the son of God, all powerful, they just saw him as average and normal. And the way they saw Jesus determined how much they could receive from him. How you honor God determines what you receive from him. Likewise, how you honor people determines what you can receive from them. So Ephesians 6 comes along and it's talking about obeying your parents and several other things comes to verse 2. This says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So if you honor them, it will go well with you. Wow. So God takes this seriously. And there's no contingency here for how good a job they did parenting you. You don't have to say what they did was good. You don't have to say that they did a good job. But it's like when you're in a courtroom with a judge, you say your honor to them. You, you refer to them with honor, regardless of how well you know them or, or who they are. You honor the seat they sit in. It benefits you. A third thing about honor that we learn is honor is decided. It's not deserved. So meaning I'm not going to wait for you to deserve it. I'm going to give it to you anyway. So if you buy into this, uh, coming your way is the honor test. So if you buy into this, you're going to have a chance to honor someone who you really feel they do not deserve that place of honor. And I want you to try something give it to them anyway they don't have to they don't have to have received it you can't make the choice of whether or not they receive it you just make the choice of whether or not you give honor i'll show this to you in first peter and the context is when the religious and government leaders were not good people but it says this in first peter 2 starting in verse 13 submit yourself For the Lord's sake, to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of the foolish people on Twitter. Or the foolish people, that's in there somewhere, but you, you, the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Live as servants of God. How, how do we do that? You show proper respect. You show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Look at this, honor the king. And at this time, the king was not a good king. They did not have a good king at that point and they didn't have to like the king. They didn't even have to obey him. In fact, God says not to obey an authority when it goes against the gospel, when it goes against the kingdom of God, but they could do that in a respectful way. Listen, you're gonna have to do that in all of your relationships, by the way. This principle, what's taught in here, you're gonna have to do it in every single one of your relationships because you're not going to agree with someone all the time about everything. I don't even agree with myself all the time, let alone with you. And while you're going one way to follow God, there's going to be times that your friends, your family, your family, your sister, your brother, your parents, they're going to go a different way. They're gonna go against God. And there's a place where Jesus says in the gospels, he says his presence will actually divide people. It will divide family. Because you'll have someone in your life who chooses a lifestyle that you and your faith do not agree with. And if it doesn't agree with your God, don't align with them. Don't agree with it. What's happened here is our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear them or hate them. The second is that to love someone means that you agree with everything they believe or do. Both of those lies, that they're just that, they're lies, they're nonsense, they're myths. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate to someone else. You don't have to agree with someone to honor them. And this is a biblical principle for you. I think on Mother's Day, what a great day to renew this principle of honor in our lives. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Say these three words with me out loud. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor everyone. Put the weight and the worth above yourself. How do you do that? How do you do that? Write this down. You honor someone anytime, number one, you prioritize them. And you prioritize them. When you put God first, you honor him. When you put others before yourself, you honor them. When you put your family above your own interests, you honor them. When you make time for someone, you honor them. When you're in line at the grocery store and there's only so much of the product that you went there to get, but you don't cut in line and you let those who got there before you go ahead. When you don't fight and argue, but you let others ahead, that's honor. Proverbs 3 tells us how to honor God, gives us this principle, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And this is not just a money principle. This is a first principle. And you know this, you're doing this right now. You said, before I do anything else this week, I'm gonna put God first, I'm gonna put the church first and I'm going to take time to worship and hear from God's word. Same Bible verse, just in a different translation, the message, it says, honor God with everything you own, give him the first, give him the best. And whenever you put God first in something you have honored him. And today you put your mom before others because it honors her. That's what these special days are all about, by the way. You know, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Father's Day. It's a day we set aside and we put that person before others. Yes, we're to honor them often in our lives, but it's special when everyone takes the day to prioritize them on the same day. Another way to honor someone has to do with how we speak about them. So we prioritize them, but what else are we going to do? We're going to praise them, praise them. Because honor has a language that you lift people up, not only when they are around you, but even, even when they walk away. James 3, 9 through 10 says, With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. So God puts value on them, and then we devalue them with the words that we use and say, and he takes it personally, just like like I would if you talked about my kids one way or another. I know they're not perfect, but I'd take it personally. I'm I'm invested in that. If, If you were to talk down to them, God feels the same way. Goes on to say, out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, and doesn't this just sound like your mom? This should not be. This should not be. Honor has a language. And how you speak of others matters. And we need to honor people with our mouths. We need to stop the gossip. As a husband, uh, as, a, as a son today, I want to challenge you to have the things you say about your wife and your mother be encouraging even when they're not there, even when they're not in the room. Don't fall for some trap that you can put them down at work or put them down in small group. Don't speak death over your relationships and then be surprised when they die. Speak life and know that it will make a difference in that relationship, even when they're not there. Ephesians 4, 29 through 30 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve. This is not not a new thought. This is connected to this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I can't afford for the Holy Spirit to be grieved in my life. I need him more than I've ever needed him before. And honor has a priority. It has a language. We prioritize them. We praise them. And then number three, if you're taking notes, we protect them. We protect them. Anything of real value, you protect it. Okay, that, this is an action step that you don't just speak about it, you do it. Think of the things of value in your life. Think of the things that are in the safe. Think of the things that you put under lock and key. It's because they're value. They've, there's weight. It's, we need to take that thing seriously. In the Bible, the accounts of Noah, it says that after the flood receded, um, the Bible says that Noah, a farmer, planted a vineyard, and he made some wine and then he got naked, he got drunk. And one of his three sons walks in and sees him that way. And his son went out and he goes and he, he tells his two brothers and he says, you've got to see dad. And he was mocking his dad. And Noah was a good man who did a bad thing. And what the other brothers did is they didn't join in on the mocking him. They got a blanket and they put it over their shoulders and they walked in backwards so they wouldn't see their dad and they threw the blanket over him so they would not see him in that state and they covered him up. They protected his weakness. They didn't cover up his sin. I don't believe in covering up sin, but I do believe in protecting weakness. To say that we know what you did and we're not hiding it, but I'm not going to let that hurt you anymore. I'm not going to mock you. I'll stand with you and I'll see you through this and you'll you'll overcome. You'll be better. The devil's not going to finish the work that he has started here in your life will protect you. That's how you protect somebody. I'll take it one step further. You should also protect the honor of the name of Jesus Christ. In a culture that is laughing at Christianity. It's picking on Christianity and the name of Jesus. I'm not going to be disrespectful to that person, but I will stand up in honor of the name that has saved me, in the honor of the name that is above every other name. I'll stand in honor of the King of Kings, and I'll take a stand for Jesus Christ. John 7 18 says, He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him, that's a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. My motivation for this message today, it's you. It's not even really about the person on the receiving end. I want you to put it to the test. And maybe this week you could say something to your parents or your boss to express honor. That even if you don't like the way they're doing things, that you would honor them anyway. And I want you to see how much better it will make your life. I'll leave you this. Leave you with this. (laughs) Write this down. and Then we'll pray. The more I value something, the more I value from it. The more I value something, the more I value from it. In other words, you get what you give. The more I value my job, the more I value from it. The more I value my church, the more I value from it. The more I value God, the more I value from God. You get what you put into it. Let's pray. Well, I'm not sure how you're watching or listening to this, but I wonder if you would Just be still for a moment and say to God, I hear you, Lord, loud and clear. And Father, I repent for not honoring the people that you honor, giving weight to the things that you give weight to. And Lord, today, I just choose to see people the way you do. Help me with that. We see the depravity around us, but we also choose to see the dignity of one another. Thank you for seeing us that way. Thank you that you know what we have done, but you still love us and you see her potential. God, I pray that you would encourage every person listening that they would just feel and sense right now your claim on them. That as believers in Jesus Christ, we have become children of the most high God. And if you're listening to this and you don't find yourself in that position, but you find yourself far from God, let me put it more personally. You've dishonored God and you're not in the right place with him. Hear this very clearly. He still invites you back. Because he doesn't only see what you did. He sees who you can become. He sees the penalty that was paid by Jesus Christ on the cross so that you could take a step toward him today and say to him, say, God, thank you for loving me and forgiving me. And I want to begin to honor you with my life today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.